Jimmy Kimmel's unnecessary censorship. Sometimes it's so dirty it bothers me, but it's not. It's not dirty. It's just your dirty mind. Your dirty mind. They go in there, they grab them by the. (laughs) There's no games being played. To use your metaphor, Shep, sort of in the candy coating of the blow, which is my wife's favorite. I go to bed thinking about the excitement of the next morning. I felt the passion there. Did you Ari like that? Yeah, I don't think you like that. (laughs) I can fit a box of Twizzlers in my any day. (laughs) All right. It's just it's an experiment on the human mind. That's what it is. Listen to you. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. (coughs) Olympics ratings way down. More on that later. You know, it's the uh, the FCC can't do anything, so <laughs> I doubt that they'll do this. But can they regulate what is obviously placing the neurological reality of a word into people's minds, as opposed to putting the auditory reality of the word in their ears? Hmm. And each one, I mean, unless you are a child or naive, in most of those examples. The neurological reality of the word was obvious. Everybody got it. So we communicate. We, Jimmy Kimmel, that merchant of filth, communicated that unacceptable word to people. I was in a band called Merchants of Filth. (laughs) I actually quit out of shame. It just, it was so. Couldn't take it, huh? Oh, we made kids cry. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. And your puppet show was troubling. Hmm. So, uh, moving along. I went bass fishing yesterday with uh, Craig, the Obamacare lawyer. First time I've been uh, bass fishing. There's no uh, G at the end of fishing. If you went fishing for bass, it's bass fishing. Mm. Um, And it was great. It was terrific. You know, it's mostly about uh, talking and philosophizing and hanging out and the rest of it. Often drinking, from what I've the seen, of fishing. Not to us. No, we're serious. He's a he's a pro bass fisherman. All right. So we're out there to catch. I won't. I don't let alcoholism taint my uh, bass fishing. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> and I rarely bass fish at home while I drink. <laughs> but I tell you what, that's I've, I gained three and a half pounds over the weekend, and I blame him because we hang out. We exercise, and then we always eat an enormous meal. Mm. And we got to stop. Craig, I'm talking to you right now. How about some carrot sticks instead of an enormous platter of Mexican food? What have I done? Four big Supreme Court cases to watch in particular this week. Um, number one, uh, Marshall already talked about this. It's the Janus case. It's uh, whether you can force non-union public employees to pay agency fees with which fund collective bargaining negotiations, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and uh, I'm guessing the current soups overturn a 40-year-old precedent, which said, yeah, you can force people to pay those dues because they're getting benefits of it. Um, it's a free speech issue. The, the, cons- the court as it's constituted right now, I think, is going to overturn it just because you can't. Uh, the, the idea of, of public employee unions is a bad one. I'm with FDR on this one. That it's just it's not right. There are laws and that that the the people and then the representatives vote on, and that's the employment law. You don't then have a couple of bureaucrats wrestle with a couple of union uh, representatives, who, by the way, they're all buddies and they all cody line each other's pockets. 
and then you, you come up with a little deal, and then the, the, the voters just have to take it. I think that's terrible. But anyway, that's a big one everybody's talking about. Here's one, Jack. Well, wait a second. Let's have the one-man court of Jack. You have such strength of character, you've resisted the flu when it's felled all those around you. Yes. So we will make you the one-man court. How do you rule on the Janus case? The what case? The Janus case, the union case we were just talking about. But that's called the Janus case? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I assume they're going to change it. Okay. All right. So we have that overturned. Next, U.S. versus Microsoft. Mm, I don't know this one. All right. Whether a private company, when served with a warrant, is required to turn over emails to the federal government if the data is stored outside of the U.S.? Hmm. The idea of storing electrons in one physical location or another strikes me as kind of silly. Boy, you'd only be doing that to, if you're doing up to no good, wouldn't you? Oh, no, that's not on our servers here. It's in our server over there in Ireland. Why would you have your oh, server? Wait a minute. Can I dial it up on my phone right now sitting here? Oh, yeah, but that doesn't matter. You know, legally speaking, it, it might be very difficult to stop. Um, right. I mean, I think that makes sense to people. Well, it's outside the United States, blah, blah, blah. But practically speaking, no. It shouldn't be any different. I wouldn't think so. Although, you know, I'm a privacy guy. Everybody knows that. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Microsoft attempted to vacate the order to turn over the, the, uh, the information, but a magistrate judge denied their motion. Panel of judges, Second Circuit Court, sided with Microsoft. Justices will hear the oral arguments, um, I think, today, actually. Uh, Wouldn't oh, the reality of, of that be the rich and powerful who can afford to whatever it takes set up servers outside of the nation's uh, boundaries? Won't they just only they take advantage of that for obviously bad reasons? Pretty much, or yeah, or even a doofus like myself could pay some small fee to quote unquote store my data in Dubai, right? You know what? And then of course you'd have to wipe your server like with a cloth. <laughs> That's an odd. I mean, that, that that seems to me to be the uh, you know the jurisprudence of centuries that dealt with paper. Now trying to deal with yeah. electrons. And the the wild card here is the ancient justices who don't understand modern uh, the modern world. You know, I must point out the justices are far younger than the leadership of Congress. They are a younger branch of government than Nancy Pelosi. How old's Notorious RGB at this point? She's pretty old. RBG, yeah. Uh, somebody looked that up. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Clarence uh, Thomas is old. Wife of Alan she Ginsburg. 84 years old. Whew, that's pretty old. I'll grant you that. But they're not all that old. Hmm. I mean, you got a softball playing gal. How, what is she, like 40? How about National Institute of Family and Life Advocates versus Becerra? It's another First Amendment case. California law that requires licensed facilities to inform patients they can get an abortion. You go in for any sort of prenatal care or anything, they have to read you the following. Oh, that's ridiculous. California has public programs that provide immediate, free, or low-cost access to comprehensive family planning services, including all FDA-approved methods of contraception, prenatal care, and abortion for eligible women. Picture being in there with your wife, and you're finally, this is the big moment. You got married, you're having your kids, everything like that, and they read that to you. What the frig? Unlicensed centers... 
like what was I like pop up in a strip mall or something? It's similar to the obligation that they have or same cherished moment right after our baby is born. I'm there in the hospital and everything like that, and they ask me to leave the room so they can ask my wife if I beat her. Right. Jeez. Unlicensed centers have to include, here's how stupid these laws are, they have to include disclaimers on printed and digital ads stating they're not a licensed medical center. Because that way they're not required to give the paragraph I just read to you because they're unlicensed and blah, blah, blah. Pro-life crisis pregnancy centers challenged the law saying it violated their free speech and free exercise rights. Argued the disclaimer drowns out the center's pro-life message, et cetera, et cetera. So the soup's going to rule on that one. Um, that made it all the way to the Supreme Court. That's something. Yeah. Uh, here's a, a comment from the Washington Examiner. The case is the third compelling speech case, along with Masterpiece Cake Shop versus Colorado Civil Rights Commission. Gay cakes! The gay cake ruling and the Janus ruling. Which, I thought we were done with the gay cake thing. We're no. still not done with it. No, the cakes remain unsliced and consumed by the Supreme Court. I had some pretty decent birthday cake over the weekend. Was it gay? Had to get a store-bought cake because my wife is... Gay? <laughs> she is the sickest she's ever been by far. Oh, boy. And just because she has pneumonia, the flu, and a sinus infection, and a fever of 102, she didn't make me a homemade birthday cake this <sighs> year. So there are limits to love in your home. Apparently. Mm. Did you tell her about the power of positive thinking? <laughs> just because she can barely lift her head, she didn't make me a cake, and I had to go buy my own cake for my wow. birthday. Wow. Sad. Dang good cake, though. Most expensive cake I've ever had. And then this one. This is probably the most impactful. Well, I don't know. If the unions can't slather money around on their whores in the capital of, for instance, Sacramento, um, what will they do? But this could be the most impactful case, particularly in the wake of the Pennsylvania gerrymandering ruling by their state Supreme Court, which I've been wanting to bore you with for quite some time. But this is a Maryland partisan gerrymandering case where the Democrats in that very blue state drew the line so that they can't possibly be voted out, much as the Republicans did in Pennsylvania. And the soups finally, and I, by God, do not issue one of your cowardly, narrow, narrow rulings because the people are crying out for wisdom. What does the, the laws on it, it just says in the Constitution, the state legislature will draw their legislative lines, their congressional lines. And uh, many state legislatures have rubbed their hands together, twirled their mustaches, said, <laughs> and, and drawn these bizarre, snaking, weirdo districts that are plainly designed to achieve an electoral outcome. But, you know, I heard one lawyer say nowhere in the Constitution or in federal law, nowhere in nowhere does it say um, there's a requirement that uh, districts be competitive. There you go. There's almost no guidance. And if you don't like it, democracy works and people will vote to change it. But what if, here's the devil's advocate argument, what if the lines have been drawn so skillfully we can never vote out that party? Of course, you'd think at some point distaste for the one-party rule and the rest of it would overcome that and, yeah. and you would boot them out eventually. Right. Even people in, say, that weird, snaky district would say to themselves, no, these people are corrupt, they're they're wrong, I thought I was a Democrat, now I feel more like a Republican. Theoretically. And 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 that that would be, it's better to have that difficult outcome than to have courts decide as opposed to voters. Right, right, which is a dangerous thing, because that gives a few people the power to do something that the Constitution says specifically is a power of the state legislature. Mm-hmm. You know what's, uh, and, and I'm going to take some really nasty uh, shots at progressivism in the next uh, segment having to do with China, uh, if we get to it, but... You know, one 
concept that I wish people would embrace and think about is when the cure is worse than the disease. Because so many times you see a problem in a society and you think you have to solve it. You think you have to craft society so that doesn't happen anymore. Well, that's my question with uh, making uh, schools like prisons to protect the kids. Is mm-hmm. that worse than the disease of right? It's a good example. Every, very seldom gun uh, violence. Right. It's a really good example because everybody agrees we don't want kids to die. Um, so you just got to sometimes you can cure a problem. You can cure cancer by beheading the, the patient. I mean, that cancer will stop growing. Brain tumor is gone. But you've killed them. You know, so given the power to ah, judge, is that a... Well, it's definitely a cure for gerrymandering. So what Unless he, he has, or she, because they let girls be judges now, too. What? Um, They will have their own biases, which is why the Constitution doesn't say, I tell you what, every state find a judge, have them draw the lines. So uh, what do you think they're going to decide on, on gay cakes? On the cakes? I... I hope they try to narrow or or, or more starkly draw the line between a creative enterprise and a commodity. I mean, a a brilliant, brilliantly designed and decorated cake is different than the square cake you get. Will it apply to pies and puddings, or is that a completely different court case? Well, yeah, it's clearly different. Mm. Nobody decorates pies. (laughs) What are you going to do with pudding? Now, you know me. I eat like it. to eat some and smear the rest all over my chest. It just feels good, but but that's my right. <laughs> ah, boy, so much to come on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Russia from the Olympics forever. They're never allowed in the Olympics again, but we let them have their own event called the Super Olympics, where everybody everybody in it has the physique and the appearance. Everybody looks like the Terminator and can throw a javelin right in the middle of the sun, right? I'd watch that. That's what I thought about baseball. That's what you've been calling for for years. Half mile home runs, 150 mile an hour pitches. Yes! Huh? Put people in the stands. That's what they need to do at the Olympics, maybe, because ratings way down. I don't think it's, well, it's kind of, I don't know. Well, what about, uh, like, football? You got a quarterback standing flat-footed in his own end zone, hurls at the entire length of the field yeah. to a guy who's run an eight-second, hundred-yard dash and is there to catch it. Yeah. That'd be exciting. Um, like the like the football, the ratings down for the Olympics. I just I just think it's the broadening entertainment options in sure. the world, isn't yeah. it? Just... Yeah, I think I think that's a lot of it, and the changing of the ways that people consume those things traditionally. I don't think True fewer that. people are are paying attention to the Olympics or watching it, but I think in the traditional primetime NBC, here's what happened in the Olympics today thing. People funny, just start doing. Funny you mention that. I'll bet for my kids, I. Googled as many events and showed them to them on some video on some website that I didn't even know what it was. Wow. As opposed to watching it on the the TV. Did that a lot. Something that I knew was good that they would like, and I just found it mm-hmm. somewhere. We watched it whenever we wanted. I, I, I think NBC was... Am I wrong on this? Every time I was looking for something, it brought me to NBC's website, and I had to... 
depend uh, on them. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the, the their website had a lot like, of the individual events be, you could find. Yeah. doesn't count as TV ratings. Well, and- I was just thinking, uh, my next uh, thought was, I wonder how they were able to revenue to monetize that. And if it my, was a... My guess would be poorly. Yeah, poorly is my guess, yeah. And uh, they spent gazillions of dollars for it. And in the future, people aren't going to spend gazillions of dollars for it. Mm. For the NFL, for Major League Baseball, for the Olympics, for all that stuff. Just uh, times change. So there you go. Um, The other thing with the Olympics I thought was interesting. The North Korean cheerleader girls that were... They're the hit of the games, Jack. Well, opening night anyway, they were treated weirdly. By ignoramuses. By ignoramuses. Just look at these cute girls cheering for their country. And then a few people had to step in and point out... They're all so beautiful. they're, they're, They're political prisoners. They're forced to do this. Um... If they don't, the one girl is almost certainly going to die who accidentally applauded for an American while she was not paying attention. This story came out over the weekend. Members of the North Korean National Cheerleading Squad, who have been featured gleefully rooting at the Winter Olympics, are systematically forced to have sex with high-ranking members of Kim Jong-un's twisted regime, according to a disturbing report. Um, yeah, all the generals and various people, they take these these ladies as uh, girlfriends, using the term very loosely. As long as they want, and you have no choice in the matter, of course. Certainly not, yeah. That's just part of the deal. Yeah. I mean, it's it's gruesome. Yeah. It's it's horrifying. It is, uh, well, yeah. It's... I don't need that pointed out as I'm watching the Olympics with, the, with my kids. I do. But you also don't need to say, isn't this charming? You don't need to say that either. I want the political significance of everything pointed out. <laughs> Every team, all the time. The Netherlands excels in speed skating. Of course, during the 1600s, they established themselves as the great trading center of Europe, but later evolved into all the time. As I said earlier, and this is this is a dark view of it, I thought it was interesting going back and forth between 60 Minutes and the Olympics last night, as 60 Minutes had a brutal story about Syria and some brutal video of all the uh, chemical attacks that have happened. Well, I think the biggest mistake Barack Obama made was not enforcing that red line. Mm-hmm. He enforces that red line. Things change a lot. The world says, well, I guess you actually can't use chemical weapons. Right. Because the United States will come to get you. But we didn't. And they've used it 200 times. They've used chemical weapons. They said on 60 Minutes last night, 200 times they've used chemical weapons. Killing, but with severe repercussions. Oh, that's right. No, no, no repercussions no. other than dead children in the streets. Um, but anyway, so you had Russia winning that gold medal of doing whatever the hell they want on the world stage while they weren't doing as well in the Olympics. And yeah. I think Putin's thinking, I can't believe people are actually still talking about the Olympics. Oh, I'm doing tough this. on the Russians. Yeah. Wouldn't let them compete. Yeah. You know, the U.N. issued a uh, Security Council resolution that, that they've got to stop. So it'll probably stop now. Yeesh. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Along those lines, Jack, Putin has just declared a ceasefire in Syria. But there's a catch. And Ivanka tired of inappropriate questions about her dad. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Our Ivanka or North Korea's Ivanka? Our Ivanka, America's okay. Ivanka. The Ivanka. The Ivanka. The real Ivanka. All that's on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. How you doing? Good. You excited about this new week? Who knows what's going to happen this week? Get that big promotion you've always wanted or lose your job. Wow, what are you doing? (laughs) Either could happen this week. 
I don't know. I'd, I'd Can live. I just go to work today, slog through it, and go home to those who love me? I leave. I live Instead my of life taking on the big questions. I live my life with my feet at shoulder width, knees slightly bent on the balls of my feet, ready yeah. for anything. That's a good policy. So I live my life. Yeah. Head on a swivel. You didn't mention head, head on, on a swivel. swivel. Head on a swivel. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the news now, Marsha Phillips. Well, Russian President Vladimir Putin has ordered daily humanitarian pauses in the besieged, rebel-held eastern area in Syria now that they have been Vlad. bombing. Man, he knows how to play the world. What's amazing to me is that it works to a certain extent. Yeah. The Russian defense minister is saying the ceasefire will be arranged for the suburb of the capital, Damascus, between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. every day starting tomorrow. The ground forces are going in today. So any of the people they didn't kill with barrel bombs or uh, sarin gas or any of the things that they were doing from the sky, they're now the ground forces are going in. Or regular bombs dropped on hospitals. They're also saying that Russia will help set up an evacuation route for civilians in the area. I'm not sure if I would really trust the Russians to set up a safe evacuation yeah, route. Right into the meat grinder. Yep. yep. Anyway, the announcement coming two days after the U.N. Security Council unanimously approved a resolution demanding a 30-day ceasefire across Syria. So instead, we're going to get humanitarian pauses. This has been his playbook all along, is that they just pummel civilians and then call for a ceasefire. And then if they need to, they just ignore the ceasefire and continue to pummel them. But they already are. Yeah. Often they, they call the ceasefire after they've pummeled everybody. The U.N. Security Council has issued a resolution calling for a ceasefire. Issue a resolution calling for Tuesday to follow Wednesday and declare that dogs actually can talk. You're going to waste our time with that stuff, the U.N. Security Council, please. Russian spies were reportedly the source of a cyber attack during the Winter Olympics opening ceremonies. According to the Washington Post... U.S. intelligence officials can confirm that the Russians tried to make the hack look like it was North Korean in origin. How about that? Sowing seeds of discord around the world, and particularly with the United States. They tried to make it look like North Korea uh, caused problems with broadcasts and everything. Well, even as the North and South Koreans marched in together, they were trying to make it look like North Korea was on the attack. Mm -hmm. So they're just screwing with everybody. At least 11 people are in federal custody after ICE agents carried out a bunch of raids in Northern California. Now, the activity wasn't on as grand a scale as predicted by Oakland's mayor, Libby Schaaf, who warned of a massive ICE raid throughout the area in a news conference that she held on Saturday night. Those raids, though, she insists still could happen, and her office is warning residents to remain on high alert. She was asked, the mayor was asked, Don't you think your actions are an obstruction of justice? She said, certainly not. She says it is her ethical obligation to issue these warnings when she gets a heads up. So that's the uh, Oakland mayor, Libby Schaff. And Ivanka Trump. Yeah, that is soon to be dealt with by society. That's wildly not cool. Ivanka Trump, America's Ivanka, says she believes her father's denials of any sexual misconduct. I believe my father. I know my father. So I, I think I have that right as a daughter um, to uh, believe my father. Now, the first daughter <laughs> and advisor to she the president. She ought to be on the U.N. Security Council. That was some fine hokum there. The first daughter and advisor to the president told NBC News that most children wouldn't uh, be asked about sexual misconduct allegations against their parents. I think it's a pretty inappropriate question to ask a daughter if she believes um, 
the accusers of her father when he's affirmatively stated that there's no truth to it. Okay, I understand her previous statement now. They're trying to put her in the position of, you know, responding to these various stories that are out there. And what is she supposed to do? I believe my dad is what you would say. What else are you going to say? I resign from my position because I can't answer these very fair questions. Were well, I anybody as, other than the daughter? As the daughter? We're, we're going to resign from I see position. Sean's point, though. If you, as a daughter, can't answer the questions an advisor would be asked... Oh, then, then you shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't have that roles. job. She was not right. going over to the Olympics as the first daughter. Right. She was Good being point. billed as an advisor to the president, somebody Good with point. a very important job in this cabinet. Good point. She is a part of our government. I don't understand what that is. Is she She's actually an advisor? Is she actually she a advises. senior advisor? You know, the one thing I I'm not a fan of the whole, you know, my kids are yeah. part of this and all that. I'm not a fan of that. I did not see any updates of Ivanka and the uh, North Korean general getting together. If they did, it was obviously very, very close to the vest. But that was supposed to happen. But she looked adorable in her USA stocking cap, I'll tell you that. You've mentioned that several times. Which so is her, have real, that going yes. for us. her only role, really, yeah. as far as I know. Wow, is that sexist? Holy cow, the misogyny. You have any example of her doing any actual she advising? She advises. <laughs> what am I, in the West Wing? No. She's a senior advisor. Donald J. Trump ran a family business that she was a big part of. Now he's the president. It's the new family business. Mm. Huh? If you were, weren't so... I don't hear you complaining about Eric. Huh? <laughs> or Donald Jr. It's because you're a misogynist. That's a good point, Joe. You're a woman hater. Thank you, Michael. And completely fair. All right. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Sean Point's very good. If you're, if good you're, job, Squawky. If you're going to be trotted out as an actual advisor to the president, you got to get asked all the same no. questions anybody else gets Yeah, out. you can't play the daughter card. Right. I don't think. Yeah. And look, I get it's uncomfortable, especially because we're talking about Gropins and kissins and squeezins and alleged rapins. I mean, it's it's not pleasant stuff. But you got to bear up if you're appearing as an advisor and being asked in it as an advisor. Mm-hmm. Gropins and squeezins. Yeah, I do not have a car wreck with an elderly Chevy Chase. That would not go well for you. Really? If you don't know that story, do tell. Uh, worst blunders ever in job interviews. Got that list. China has a new Chairman Mao. Whether he's as crazy as the first one remains to be seen, but they have a full-on dictator for life in China. Yeah. Yeah. That's something. With the uh, agreement of the Politburo. It would seem. Now that's a progressive country that can amend their constitution. It's a living document in China. You're going to push back against that? Lifelong dictatorship? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I'm telling you, don't get rear-ended by Chevy Chase. (laughs) Elderly movie star Chevy Chase. Enough said. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, wavy when I turn it on. Off of my city, off of my home. We're flying up no ceiling when we in our zone I got that sunshine in my pocket Got that good soul in my feet I feel that hot blood in my body when it, it depends on the flavor of the story you want here Because this Chevy Chase story is pretty good This Chevy Chase uh, altercation uh, on the road Road rage story is pretty good Do people know who Chevy Chase is? 
elderly actor whose heyday was probably 15, 20 years ago at best. Yeah, yeah, the vacation movies, everybody knows him. But who the, knows him knows him from those. The first big star that SNL launched? Yeah. He, he predated One. Eddie Murphy, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, by yeah, a long yeah, way. Yeah. He was in the first cast. Yeah, and he, he was the first person to leave and yeah. become a movie star. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if people know who he is. He's Younger a, people. He's a movie star. He had a good Go talk show. Elderly movie star. Yeah, yeah, he had a talk show for eight oh. nights. <laughs> it was terrible. Terrible. So we can talk about that or the uh, evil empire for our century, China has appointed a dictator for life. So that's a tough balancing act. Do you want to hear a road rage incident with an elderly one, actor? 1.4 billion nuclear China on the world stage. Chairman Mao, hundreds of millions dead. Uh, I say Chevy Chase. Depends on how many people have seen Fletch, I guess. Mm. <laughs> An amusing spy comedy. Or Three Amigos? Mm. No? I didn't love it. So... There was no wreck here. It's just that, like Chevy Chase apparently felt like this guy had cut him off and got really angry about it. So this dude, he's a 22-year-old UPS worker. 22? Um, Practically a boy. Uh, so all of a sudden, this car comes up after us, starts weaving. We see it behind me. It gets up near me, and I see an old guy is yelling something we couldn't hear. He was super pissed off, I could tell. We just tried to get the heck away from him, and he followed us through this whole length of uh, traffic, driving crazy. Wow. Uh, finally, my... Do we have any tape of him yelling, Michael? Maybe we want to get that ready. Finally, we opened the window and just said, I apologize, we are just trying to go upstate. And then Chevy Chase started screaming, You know who the F I am? This guy said, alleges. Then he started cursing at me for no reason and said, I'm going to effing ruin your lives. To which I responded, F you. <laughs> then Chevy Chase yanks open the car door Whoa. and yells, I'm going to punch you in the nose. Oh, no. And he came after me and had his hands on my face. I said, get the F away from me. Uh, Chevy Chase at this point was inside the car attacking him threw a punch that missed. And then this dude says he kicked the out-of-control Chevy Chase, sending him flying out of the car into his Mercedes and onto the ground. Oh, my. I closed my car door and locked it, but it was but he was still trying to get in at me when a nurse and an off-duty cop escorted him away. Where's the calming Canadian influence of Dan Aykroyd when you need it? Or John Candy. Right. <laughs> well, John's not with us. I didn't know who he was. <laughs> I was just trying to defend myself. He was physically trying to harm me. <clears throat> Um, a cop told me later, he said, did you know that was Chevy Chape from Saturday Night Live and Caddyshack? I looked him up on Google and I still don't know who he is. <laughs> well, you're an ass then. Well, this guy's 22. If you're 22, Chevy Chase is... Come on, I knew who the, the Marx Brothers were. He's an ignoramus. <laughs> Brown ought to fire him. Go hey. work for DHL. You don't know who Chevy Chase is. Do you do drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't look like he looked when he was in his movies. No. Um, How about Community? He was on Community briefly, right? Yes. Or or for years, right? Was he the whole of that uh, fine sitcom? Yeah, for multiple seasons. I don't think the full run, but yeah, uh, okay. he was on there for many seasons. Short for situation comedy for you young ignorami who don't know, you know. How old is Chevy Chase? Do we have an age on him? He's got to be in his 70s. Chevy Chase, who stands 6'4", and is 240. That's a big comedian. Was in the car attempting to beat on this guy who's 5'11", 155. Mm-hmm. 74 years old. 6'4", 
74, but way bigger. But outweighs you by... That's an intriguing matchup. But outweighs you by damn near 100 pounds. That is an intriguing matchup. If you're the little man, you just have to keep your hands up and survive for 30 seconds till he's completely winded. He wants, and then the advantage is yours. He once punched Bill Murray, too, so he's apparently a fighting sort of guy. Yeah, yeah. One of those guys, his humor comes from anger. Got a pool or a pond. The pond's good for you. <laughs> so what if you get beat up by somebody, and then 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 they by an elderly man, crazy, obviously crazy elderly man, right? And then somebody says, "Yeah, you know who that was? That was a, is a celebrity. You don't recognize the name, right? You Google it, you still don't know. Yeah, would you be excited, happy, depressed? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just intrigued by the matchup. Now, a uh, uh, UPS guy is probably pretty fit. You know, I, I assume he's like a delivery guy, a truck guy, or a package loader or something like that, but. Chevy Chase, much bigger. I think I'm okay with a 74-year-old. How much That's power can his punches, you know? It's pretty old. Right, right. Do we have a tape of Chevy Chase yelling in traffic here? <laughs> hey! If any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, <laughs> I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there on Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of mud he is. Hallelujah! Holy! Where's the Tylenol? There you go. There you go. Hot tempered. That was all because he got cut off in traffic. They'll be playing that in the courtroom as an example of how he loses his temper. Chevy Chase. Whatever happened to that guy? He's great. Sopranos line. Speaking of out of date references. So you're unhappy that China's now a dictatorship, you well, say? Well, it's always been kind of a dictatorship, right. but a good old-fashioned commie, the politburo's in charge, then they give the power to a guy. And China's constitution, in the wake of a couple of nasty, nasty experiences with dictators for life, most notably Chairman Mao, uh, who killed, what, 100 million people? A lot of people. 50, 60 tens million? And tens of millions. Yeah, tens of millions of people uh, killed. Uh, again, communism made fascism look ineffective in genocide. Um, so you got Chairman Mao, and uh, when he left office, the Chinese Constitution was amended to say you can only serve two terms, two five-year terms. Then you got to step aside. And uh, the last couple of guys said, yeah, that's a good idea, but old uh, Xi, who's their, the president right now, he's uh, popular. He's, he's feeling his oats. They're liking him. He's liking them. And so they quietly announced, yeah, yeah, that whole term limit thing, not anymore. And, uh, and Xi is now dictator for life. Says uh, Susan Shirk, the head of the 21st Center, Century China Center at the uh, at UC San Diego, quote, She is now unfettered. He owns the entire policy process. And Chinese domestic and foreign policy is only as restrained or aggressive as he wants it to be. The risk of policy misjudgments is greater than it's been under any leader since Mao died. He is now without challengers and without restraint except his own. So he is not just the... Um figurehead of a group of people he's the guy in charge right and and he has literally no opposition that dares uh, raise its head in china anymore or he'll have them you know jailed or worked to death or executed or tortured or whatever boy hey young people there's here's your story for the next several decades however long he lives yeah and dictators always live to be very old yeah he's 64 i think oh uh, is that right 
Yeah, he's he's a pretty youthful seeming guy, but yeah, it's the New York Times, so they always give your age. It's like the second mention of you. That's funny they don't say. Um, but yeah, I think that's about right. You know, listen, I'm not a lunatic, although I do listen to some on the radio. Um, who's gonna you know try to tie every progressive to uh, Chinese dictators for life? But the idea that the Constitution should be a living document. We have problems we want to solve. We want to give people a utopia and these damned restraints on, you know, two terms or or whatever. Or, or, you know, it's not free speech, it's hate speech. And if we could get rid of the First Amendment, then we can cure hate speech. The, the idea of this country is that you're restrained from throwing away principle to achieve temporary or even permanent improvements. Because you think you are trustworthy with unfettered power, or your guy is Barack Obama is, or Hillary is, or whatever. But the rest of us aren't interested in who you think ought to have unfettered power. You don't get it, even if it would help do something honorable. Because the cure is worse than the disease. Always, always, always. Got this text. What's the worst nightmare for a pirate on a blind date? Mm. Sunken chest with no booty. Mm. Thank you for that. You, it it's had to a, take you at least 20 seconds to type that out. It's a play on several common terms. What is your morning like that allows you time to do that? I suggest you begin volunteering or find a hobby. Yeah, volunteer somewhere. Perhaps string art. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.